Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today... We're going to talk about revolution. Um, I don't know. I just, I get thinking, and I think, you know, our founding fathers in America, they risked so much to, you know, to, to accomplish and give us the freedom that we have. And I guess I hope that we live up to that legacy, right? I hope that we're able to hold on to and build up you know, what they created and started. They fought and they risked so much to, you know, create the nation that we have and give us the country that we have. And there's a lot of great things about America. America has stood for so much and, you know, really been such a great part throughout the history of the world. We have affected so much and, you know, really set the standard, been a beacon of hope and a beacon of light. And I do think that a lot of that's, you know, slipping away. I mean, people definitely have the mindset. They look at America now and and they're like, well, you know, we're kind of ignoring the whole Uyghur Muslim thing in China. And, and you know, we, we start wars and, and don't bother to finish and, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, we care. And then, uh, yeah, not that much. You know, that's kind of how it played out in Vietnam and Afghanistan and honestly, Korea. And, you know, it just, we don't have the resolve 
as a people, I think, that we used to. But I, I hate that that takes away from all the things that we've been. You know, um, people get hung up on, you know, on the shameful things because America's done some horrible things, right? You know, we have slavery, we have, but again, it's things that other countries have done. You know, I mean, the, throughout the years, you know, for, forget, you know, just slavery. You've had the KKK, the things, you know, that we've allowed to go on, but we've also grown and evolved. You know, we, we overcome these things, Um you know, and, and people forget that, you know, it's, you're always working to be a better person. Um, I, I know one of the big things when we started out this country, they talked about, you know, we need to make all men free and, and whatever the wording of the, uh, the declaration of independence was originally the, the pursuit of, uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of property is what it actually was. And they were so worried that people would take that as, well, slavery, it's property, and you can't take that away from us. And that that's why they changed it to happiness, because they had intentions of doing away with it. But you got to remember, this is a system that was set up. Um, but they risked the American colonists so much in order to overthrow England and, and get out from under that oppression that... You know, I, I guess I kind of wanted to delve into why, you know, why was it worth it? Why fight the fight and why, you know, go on? It was it was pretty ugly. It was not a happy time in America during the American Revolution. Um, Kevin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of that is overlooked. Uh, you know, we set up a they set up a they were able to set up a government that that was designed that um, <clears throat> they set up a government that was designed to uh, to make sure that it was that it was able to progress you know what I mean it was it wasn't a, a government that was set in stone it wasn't a, a, a list of rules that everybody agreed upon and then it was just that way forever you know it was designed to uh, prop up the underdog you know, to lift people out of poverty, lift people up from their oppression, you know, it was, uh, started out with, with, uh, you know, white men, but, you know, it was, it was, uh, it progressed as, as far as, uh, you know, women's suffrage and, um, out of slavery and the Jim Crow and then out of Jim Crow. And, and a lot of people got a shitty end of the stick throughout, you know, throughout American history, but it's, constantly changing and constantly bringing people up. Now, I don't think that you could say uh, that America only behaves in a, in a righteous manner in this yeah, day and no, age. No, that might be a stretch. But I, I think that, uh, you know, as, as more people are educated, um, as more people, uh, especially I think the internet had a big, big deal with this because it, you know, lifted a lot of people all across the world up. You know, by educating them, by uh, providing a, a history of what, you know, what bad shit has happened in the past and how to prevent it from happening in the future. You know, uh, I, I think today in the United States, I think the uh, the I think there's probably 95 to 99 percent of, of Americans can read and write. 
And that's a big deal. That's a big difference. A lot of people think of the founding fathers as being somewhat ignorant, but the fact of the matter is they basically only had the Bible to read. You know, that was the only book around. So when you talk about, uh, you know, things that they did right, things that they did wrong, you know, I think it, it took a lot of intelligence to uh, create a government that could evolve as the world evolves. And uh, I think it was a big step. You know, we're looking at, at monarchies all across the world. And for the first time, there had been a real republic, a real nation run by the people of that nation, a government for the people and by the people, right? And that was a big stepping stone in world history um, to come up with a real republic that was, uh, you know, where the people governed themselves and made the decisions of how they lived on their own um, by their votes and by the way they, they talked, by what they wrote. And um, I think it's overlooked a lot. You know, I don't think it's overlooked a lot in uh, world history, but I think it's overlooked a lot by Americans in America who are the ones that really benefited from this. And, um, you know, we've got a ways to go. And it, yeah, there's always going right. to be ways to go. Well, it's, I think people always become complacent. I think that's in our nature, you know, is to, you know, they say hard times bring, uh, you know, strong men and then strong men bring good times and then good times bring weak men. And it's a, a never ending, you know, cycle. Um, one of the things like, you know, they, I think they had a lot of struggles kind of coming up with a plan. Uh, you have things like, you know, they wanted the freedom of religion. And I know Thomas Jefferson was ridiculously torn on whether, you know, to allow like Muslim religions, you know, that they've actually been an ongoing concern because the Muslim religion is very big on slavery and, you know, a, a lot of, they believe they have rights and no one else does. And that's where you have that conflict. Um, and I guess the reason I say, you know, I'm bringing this up is, you know, the Barbary pirates and the right. things that America had a lot of struggles that I know when I was in school, were kind of overlooked in the education. Um, we didn't really talk about that kind of thing and, and whatever, but because we want to believe, you know, now we're so big on, preaching everyone is equal and everything is, you know, it's just different. You know, you just don't understand all the cultures are just as good as each other and, you know, and all these things and how dare you judge. But, you know, they really tried to capture that, the freedom of the individual and, and the rights of, of the individual. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I mean, we think of the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, right? Where, you know, sometimes it becomes necessary for a group of people to declare their independence from a government they used to be connected to. They have the right to do so under natural law, though they right. should respectfully lay out the reasons for whatever. But the thing is, it's, he said, it's obvious that all people have the right to equal treatment that God gives the people the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that neither can be taken or given away. And that's one of the things I think we struggle with as a country now. 
Um, I mean, definitely they are trying to take away your, your property, you know, um, and your rights by, by a lot of steps, you know, the things that, you know, being allowed to make a cake in your bakery for who you want to, or choosing who you marry in your church, those are your rights that are being taken away. Now we like to think, well, well, I, I know maybe we don't all like to think, but I know the government tries to push that they, uh, you know, that, that you have the right for people to serve you any way they want, any way that you want. And that's not the case. You don't have the right to somebody else's property. You have the right to your own actions and your own thought, your own free will. And, and, and by that, I mean a natural right, not an American right, because apparently we're not necessarily down for that. You know, you don't, and the American government is, is getting a little questionable on that. Now, does that mean that we need to abolish our government and start over? Eh, man, I'd like to get rid of all the politicians we have right now, but I also know that the way that our education system is, we'd end up electing the same jackasses again anyway. Um, yeah, they'd have different names and different faces, but we'd we'd vote for the same type of people because we want people who promise us free shit because we're ignorant. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's gotten definitely out of hand where our government just you know just basically does things to get more votes. You know, everybody was told, "Oh, don't worry about inflation; it's not going to happen." that we figured it out. We know how to prevent it. And, you know, I, I remember Pelosi was up there. Uh, one of the congressmen laughed out loud at her when she's given a speech saying there will actually be no inflation whatsoever with this new spending bill. And that the, the whatever 2.7 trillion doesn't, won't have any effect on, you know, our budget and whatever. And that's insane. You know, um, we can all say things and live in a fantasy world. And, and I got to say, it's easy to not pay attention. It's easy to ignore it um, and block it out because we feel like we have no control. Um, when you vote, you know, you're one in, in a huge herd and everybody, you know, we don't control the education system. We don't control what people think, see or hear. And people are not exposed to truth. People are not exposed to, you know, things that, you know, that, that were part of our founding. I, I think that's kind of why me and Kevin wanted to talk about this today and, and have the episode was people aren't <clears throat> exposed to it. It's ugly, but I also feel like I'm kind of preaching to the choir, you know, you, you guys are the ones out there, you know, doing the self-reliance and, and taking care of your own business. You're probably not the ones that, you know, need to, uh, to be hearing it. But then again, I kind of hope that, you know, maybe we can give you some of the words, you know, the tools to how to, you know, how, how to shape the argument in order to, uh, you know, put people on the right path. And I know, you know, my wife will tell you and whatever that I'm like constantly giving a sermon or whatever on, you know, what's right or wrong and whatever. But I just, I want the words to come to mind when people, you know, when you need them, I guess, when you're looking for answers, because 
man, you know, I know you guys are on the right path. Like I said, you're taking care of business. You're, you're making yourself self-reliant, but you know, we need to, uh, to basically kind of bring back our country to, you know, and there's a lot of other countries out there. I know not everybody who listens to this show is from America and who need to kind of, you know, step up with your own government, you know, look out for the individual and the rights of man. Kevin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think, um, I think that a lot of people uh, underestimate the risks that a lot of the founding fathers took. Uh, To be honest with you, uh, or to be clear, the British did not look kindly on traitors. Um, Really? Anybody that was signing the Declaration of Independence, if the United States had lost the war, they would have all been hung. They had a list of people right there to hang. They would have had their property seized and... Um, they would have had their necks stretched and, uh, you know, there's a big risk in doing this. There was a lot of fence sitters during the American revolution because of that. You know, a lot of yes. people were scared of, of speaking up and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of balls that, that, you know, decided that it was better to stand up for what was right than, uh, than to live right. Than to not risk risk dying you know uh, there's a famous battle well not not so famous actually it's pretty uh overlooked the but the battle of oriskany um was the uh the bloodiest battle in in history or in um, Amer- the american revolution uh per capita because there are only about 800 troops um they're traveling north under uh nicholas herkimer and uh the um, loyalists knew that they were coming north and set up an ambush. Um, so it was loyalists, Hessians, Mohicans, Seneca, and Algonquins. And uh, basically they, they waited, they found a ravine and they waited at the far side of the ravine. The loyalists did. And the Algonquins, Senecans, and Mohicans set up along either side of the ravine and waited for the Americans to come into the ravine and about to cross the bridge. And they opened fire on them. <clears throat> and then opened fire on both sides of the, the column. And about 300 of the 800 people were killed immediately. You know, almost half their force was immediately killed. But they they hung tight. Uh, Nicholas Herkimer was shot in the leg, and it he was shot. It went through his leg and killed the horse he was riding on. So it was like it fucked him up pretty good. And right. they drug him out. And he was bleeding to death and they told him they were going to take him, you know, take him back out of there and, and, you know, get him some medical help. But uh, he decided to stay and he was able to uh, to direct the, the combat from, you know, from there. Well, he's bleeding to death and smoking a pipe. That was his uh, his jam there. So ultimately, even though they lost half their forces, they were able to win the battle because of, of this guy who knew he was bleeding to death, who knew who he was dying, but decided to, uh, to keep fighting, keep directing the, the soldiers. And, um, you know, that's the type of, of courage that some of these guys had, that it was more important to win than to live. You know, it was more important there than, <clears throat> it was more important to, uh, to be successful than it was to survive. 
You know, it was for, you know, for their kids and grandkids that they were fighting this. It wasn't for their own, you know, their own sake. And um, right. I, I think that's 80, like more important to be free. Right. I mean, you say successful, but successful in preserving freedom and, and protecting the individual. Right. And, I, you know, on top of this, uh, 80 of the 80 of the soldiers were captured by the uh, by the Native Americans that were fighting under the British. And uh, they were eaten. They ate them. <laughs> so, I mean, like. Being captured wasn't like better than being killed in combat. So, I mean, if your your choices are, you know, getting shot or getting eaten, you know, most people would go for the shot thing. But whatever, it happens. Um, you know, and, and <clears throat> Ben Franklin famously said, well, we must all hang together or we most assuredly will hang separately. Um, the idea was that if they if they weren't successful then they were all fucked. You know, this wasn't a, this wasn't something you lightly did to take up arms against your government. And a lot of uh, people nowadays think of like the founding fathers as like, Oh, they're rich white people that, you know, just wanted to secure their property. But that really wasn't the case. Right. Rich white people their who property gave it was all not safe. Or risked it. Right. 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 Um, you know, I I think of uh, a lot of the founding fathers and, and what they talked about and what they got into. Um, a lot of them were interesting characters. Uh, Sam ya- Samuel Adams, he's definitely uh, one of my favorites. Most people know him for his beer. Uh, I don't even think he was related to that beer. I know he drank a lot of beer, he but I don't think beer. he was much of a brewer himself. Um, but a lot of these guys were really fascinating people, you know, including Washington. Um a lot of people think of Washington as like a, a rich white slave owner, uh, ran a plantation. Uh, it's true that his, Washington's father was wealthy, but his father died when he was 11. He was a little kid, and all his money went to his older stepbrother. You know, his older stepbrother is one that inherited it. He got a little farm with his mom, and then his mom died when he was about 14 or 15. So he was more or less an orphan. Uh, he started out. You know, not under a great, uh, not under a great um, amount of wealth and and prosperity. And he was his his brother, his stepbrother was not like a a real douchebag. His brother did pay for his education, um, training in fencing, uh, training in in uh, combat, horse riding, um, and uh, you know he was well educated person. But he basically made his life. You know, he actually bought his his way into uh, uh, to being an officer in the in the army. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but at that time, all British officers had to buy it. They had to buy being a lieutenant. They had to buy moving up in the ranks, and that's one of the reasons that the British lost the war was because they had a bunch of assholes that just paid to become generals that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, when it comes down to it, uh, the the U.S. soldier during the revolution was not as good as the uh, British soldier was. But the U.S. commanders were far superior because they were promoted based on their rank, not based on, you know. Based on merit. Or based on their success, right, on merit, not based on how much money they had. And uh, that's the real reason they lost. When uh, 
the British the British soldiers were uh, uh, trapped in Yorktown by Washington's army uh, under General Cornwallis. He wouldn't even surrender. He uh, s- said he was sick and sent somebody else out to surrender. And they tried awesome. to surrender to the French officer that was there, and uh, he refused it. He said, you had to have to surrender to Washington. He's the one that won. And he went to go surrender to Washington, and Washington refused it and had him surrender to, to one of his lower commanders there because he was not, <laughs> he was not a prideful person. Um, uh, George III, King George III, um, said that if, they, if the American people think that George Washington is going to take his army and just retire – Instead of just making himself the only, you know, the dictator of the United States, he'll be the greatest man that ever lived. And uh, when George Washington's army suggested he did exactly that, he said that he didn't defeat George the Fourth, George the Third, so he could become George the Fourth. And he retired and went back to his property and like lived on, you know, went home, started working on his farm, and. Uh, it wasn't until he was elected president that he came back. He did not run for president. He did not try to try to become president. He was elected president because of how well known he was and what what he had done for the country. And um, you know, another great point about him is that when he retired, they elected uh, John Adams, and George Washington did not think John Adams would be a good president. He didn't think Thomas Jefferson would be a good president, but he minded his own fucking business because it was what the people decided, not what George Washington think that mattered. And a lot right. of people think of George Washington as as being, uh, you know, a shitty old white guy. But the truth of the matter is he had a lot of power and a lot of sway that he gave up just so he could live his own life in peace. And, uh, you know, I feel like the only great American presidents are presidents that didn't actually want to become presidents in the first place. Right. You know, that's, that's the only person you want as a president is somebody that doesn't want that job. Uh, who's somebody who isn't power hungry, somebody that actually believes in um, a Republic, somebody that actually believes in the rights of man, somebody that actually believes that a cult of personality is not what's important, but freedom and equality is. And uh, I hear a lot of people, you know, I listened to a a podcast on the Founding Fathers uh, last week, and they were basically listing them all as like from shitty to genocidal maniac. Like they were listing (laughs) them all as like terrible people, you know, John Adams was was like, uh, you know, just the the, the things that they said about everybody was just awful. They they like left out all the. uh, positive things and just focused on all the negative things and we're basically trashing all of them and you know that's fine you can do it you can do it with anybody you can shit on anybody and talk about how shitty they are but the fact of the matter is when you're given ultimate power and you give it back to the people that's an important noteworthy thing that a lot of people aren't capable of doing right now they there were some impressive risks that they took however you want to paint it you know everybody did risk everything when you stood up in the you know basically signing the declaration of independence or you know standing up to the british government any of that was an insane amount of risk 
that people took. And it's amazing. It really was. Um, I don't know. They said uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, let me let me go a different way here. So Thomas Jefferson also had talked about, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we needed to separate from England. I mean, that was that was one of the things. You got to look at where these guys were coming from. And, you know, he talked about our properties within our own territories should not be taxed or regulated by any power on earth but our own. And that's what it was. It was all about controlling your own destiny, you know, being in charge of you. Now, they weren't anti-government. And that's, that's I think, one of the things that, that people get hung up on. And by today's standards, I think they would be anti-government. Um, today, cause our government is pretty large and powerful, but what they were was they were down for a government where they were in control, um, where the people had a say, and they tried so carefully to create a constitution that created a government that would actually represent the people and, you know, hear the voices of the people. And it did become very decentralized. And, you know, as we all know, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, you, you don't, nobody feels that they really have a voice and that they're heard, you know, in, in their government. But the idea was there. It was supposed to be about the people and, you know, your kind of more local choices and representation as opposed to something far away in England. And we kind of come up with that same thing of, you know, Washington's doing things that represent Washington. And I guess by Washington, it really ends up being a few states that kind of control, you know, the majority. You get these cities that kind of whatever the cities want the governments do because that's where the votes come from. You know, that's what really sways national elections are the big cities, you know, New York city or, you know, Los Angeles and, and the bigger areas in California will end up swaying the government so much Chicago, you know, all these, there's so many votes that come out of these places that they're really able to influence things. And the way people live in the city is very different than the way people live in the country and that's, I think, where we get that disconnect, where people feel that they're not really represented. Um, but, you know, we all, you need to kind of focus on the individual and the rights of man. You know, I mean, that's, you know, Thomas, uh, Thomas Paine, John Locke, these guys, it's the individual, you know, and, and that's where your rights and your abilities should be. I mean, as preppers, that's over and over again. You know, what we're trying to do is trying to take care of our own self. Because when you spread it out, you're when you give up everything to a central power, it becomes impossible for the central power to try and help everybody in the way they need to be helped. And that's the bottom line. They take your stuff and then, you know, try and please everybody. And then we obviously have seen that it becomes a little corrupt and they kind of, you know, end up serving themselves, but also even when they're coming from a good place, it's hard for them to help you as an individual to really understand your situation. 
Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of this this uh, talk now is is you know a little bit craziness, a little bit of craziness. Um, you know, we live in a free country where we can do almost anything we want. And we get so like so wound up defending our own parties and and you know that sort of stuff. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party they don't give a shit about you. They give a shit about power. You know, they get a give a shit about being in power and staying in power. And, uh, you know, if they can get you to vote for them by by promising to give you what you want, then they'll then they'll do it if they if they have to. But that's not their goal. That's not the goal of most of these people in government today, at least in my opinion. I mean, maybe you guys disagree and really believe that your senator and your congressman give a shit about you and and want you to have a help, happy, healthy life and, and help you out as best as they can. I would disagree with you if you feel that way, but that's fine. But I think uh, we've, we need to kind of focus on the fact that we're all in this together. You know, we're all in this together and we're trying to do the best we can without hindering other people. And, you know, free people is a strong people. We're free and we're able to. The only thing that's going to drive us under is ourselves. The only thing that's going to destroy this republic is is us. We're not. We don't have to worry about other countries coming over here and and taking over. We don't have to worry about other countries coming over here and enslaving us, shutting down our factories, or you know, deciding what we can and cannot do, what jobs we can have, and what education we can get. Um, and there's a lot of power in that, you know. Uh, what one of Washington's famous quotes is, let us therefore animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. I think that's an important point. You know, you can look at that as as saying that, you know, free men will fight harder for their own property. But you can also see that as uh, free men are more powerful. They're more dangerous people. Because they could make their own decisions on on their own life and decide their own destiny, and that really uh, that really comes down to uh, basic American principles. I I feel like basic American principles that are you know that we talked about earlier: life, liberty, and the, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, when they wrote the Constitution, they added the Bill of Rights. Uh, Bill of Rights, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, um, freedom uh, to face your accuser, freedom not to incriminate yourself, uh, right to bear arms. These are all things that everybody agreed on. This was just basic American principles. And the the opposition that people that were opposed to the Bill of Rights were opposed to it because it was just nonsense. Obviously, everybody thinks these things, so we don't have to put them down in writing. We don't have to say that the government government can't in, interfere in these things because they never would. It would be preposterous. But how many times do we see the Bill of Rights brought up in, in lawsuits anymore? Um, freedom of speech lawsuits, um, right to bear arms lawsuits, freedom of religion lawsuits. All these things you know, happen over and over again. The government tries to take your rights away from you, and if you're not careful, they'll – be successful in doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. We need to, you know, keep an eye and be vigilant. You know, it's funny, uh, Russia 
had basically when we, you know, defeated communism and, you know, kind of put an end to things and, and really kind of made the stand that America wasn't going to give in, and especially like earlier in the 60s. I mean, it really ended when the wall came down, but the Berlin Wall in the, the late 80s. But um, in the 60s, when it kind of became clear that Russia wasn't going to be the, the superpower that came in and destroyed America, they basically decided to infiltrate our country and, you know, uh, do it through education, through politics, through votes, you know, and, and slowly make a change and basically play the long game. And I think Americans have been complacent and kind of, you know, allowed that to happen. Um, I, I was looking at one of the things I came across in doing my research here was in 63, a uh, congressman from Florida read into the congressional record. Uh, you know, he had done a bunch of research on what the communist goals were to, you know, how they were going to, you know, shape America and things they were going to try and do. And he read it into the congressional record in the 60s. And just listen to a couple of these and tell me what you think. The U.S. should accept coexistence as the only alternative to an atomic war, right? So coexistence is, you know, what we needed to do. We need to be accepting and tolerant, right? Uh, the U.S. should be willing to capitulate in preference to the engaging of the atomic war. Um, they want to develop the illusion that total disarmament by the U.S. would be a demonstration of moral strength. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation. Um, extend long-term loans to Russia and Soviet satellites. That's a good one because, you know, you got to help out. Provide American aid to all nations, regardless of communist or not. I think we're, we're there. Uh, grant recognition of Red China and admission of Red China to the U.N. That was one of the things they were hoping for. Yeah, that worked out yeah. well. <laughs> Set up East and West Germany as separate states. They, yeah, they tried that for a little while. It didn't work out. Um, I think you remember a wall coming down a little bit later. Um, promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. That was one of their goals. Because mm -hmm. um, they loved that United Nation kind of thing. Uh uh, revisit or resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Do away with loyalty oaths. Continue giving Russian access to the U.S. patents. Um, I don't know. Just it seemed like get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Any headway there, Kevin? You give them anything? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't even want to get into guy. this. I don't even want to get into telling you some of the things that, that my kid came home and told him his teachers said. I don't I don't even want to get into it. I rate. That's how gain, I felt. Gain, right. Gain control of all student newspapers. Use oh, there rate, you go. You're going to like this one. Use student riots to foment public protest against programs or organizations that are under communist attack. Yeah. Well, everybody Infiltrate, knows how, how 
<laughs> Go ahead. You're going to like this one. Infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments and editorial writing. That hasn't happened in our country, right? They have no uh, effect. Game control of key positions in radio. Well, I think Rush Limbaugh maybe put a stop to that. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, no, maybe not. I don't know. Continue dis- discrediting American culture by degrading all form of artistic expression. Control art credits. (laughs) Eliminate all laws of governing obscenity by calling them censorship. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography, obscenity in motion pictures, TV, magazines, and books. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. That was something they were, you know, said would help bring down America. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. I think we've done Mm. that. They they nailed that that one. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religion expression in schools on the grounds it violates the principles of separation of church and state. That was actually what the communists wanted us to do. That's Mm -hmm. kind of crazy, right? Because you keep hearing that. People argue with me. It's in the Constitution separation of church and state. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. Um, Discredit the American founding fathers and present them as selfish aristocrats who have no concern for the common man. Successful. Um, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, and out of step with the modern needs. Some of these are like word for word, you know, like right on point with what they're doing. It's kind of crazy. And I mean, some of them, you know, not at all, you know, don't don't pan out. But it's kind of crazy. Eliminate, uh, discredit, and eventually dismantle the FBI. Hmm. I kind of feel like that's played out in the last little bit, the discredit part, you know? Yeah. Um, Infiltrate and gain control of big business. Gee, maybe. Um, Infiltrate and gain control of unions. Yeah, they might have nailed that one. Um, Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. I feel like they're heading in that direction. I don't feel like that's happened, but I feel like that's a a direction they're kind of moving in. Um, Discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Um, Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. That's a big one right now that they really push. Um, But no, so no joke, all these were put into the congressional record of things that, you know, that the Communist Party was trying to do back in 63. Kind of crazy. I don't know. They were were successful in some of those. That's for sure. A lot of those. Yeah. Um, I'll share it uh, to the the Facebook group and the page there. So if you guys want to check that out, I just think it was kind of neat that you know, how many of those actually played out like, you know, word for word or, you know, to the letter of what 
what they do with the dismantling of our country. And those are things, I, I think a lot of those things, you know, some are more obvious than others, but they really have hurt the American culture. And they really, all right, maybe, maybe, you know, you'd make an argument, well, it's, it hasn't hurt us. It's just different, whatever, but it's changed the American culture and changed the American mindset. So I don't know, something to, uh, to consider and think about. I, I don't know. I don't want to lose the freedoms of the individual. I don't want to lose the freedoms we have and they are worth fighting for. And I just hate when people become complacent. I don't want people to, uh, you know, to, to not have the same opportunities. I don't want my kids to, you know, not have the same opportunities. And honestly, it ends badly. Um, We've seen over and over again when you get this complete government control that, you know, you lose your freedoms and, you know, people lose their lives it comes to at some point. So, I don't know. Just be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of where we're at as a country and maybe, you know, take stock. And I know, you know, around the holidays and stuff, people you know, kind of do a little reflecting and maybe that's what brought it on and the sentimentalness or whatever, but, you know, take stock of where we're at and decide what's right for you before, uh, you know, things go on. So that's what I got. Anything else, Kevin? I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I think that's it. So you have concerns, you want us to stop talking about politics, you want to learn more about prepping, survival, badass stuff, then feel free to tell us what direction you want us to take it. Shoot us an email at the prepping badass at or it's just prepping badass at gmail.com or uh, visit us on the Facebook group or uh, or on the Facebook page. And otherwise, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. For 
Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.